0: Hey, legends, welcome along to Hellmouth Hotline, I'm your host Rodney Stewart. Now we're getting very badly out of sequence with the show here, but it is what it is. There's a heck of a lot of stuff I'm checking out at the minute and a heck of a lot of stuff I want to do, not just in this podcast, but other podcasts as well. Uh, I've bitten off a hell of a lot more than I can chew, let's just put it that way. on uh, so many balls at the minute, so... Some of them are dropping on me, but I want to do my best to throw out as many new episodes as I can. So, you may get a ton of them this week, or you may get one or two of them. Or you may get none. It's just, it is what it is. It's where I'm at. I'm just trying to grow so many different things. And, uh, yes, been an idiot about it. Literally juggling so much at the moment. It is stupid. Absolutely insane. But... Uh, yeah, i am sitting down and i'm watching horror movies and checking out some shows so i'm going to be putting out podcasts for you guys if you happen to enjoy these if you do let me know on the email hellmouthhotline at, at gmail.com i would really appreciate just to see how far this podcast is going out there because it's, it's very very difficult to really know these days you know you've got uh, of course soundcloud as they hub I'm kind of putting them on But of course Podcast is connected up to agents And God knows what else I'm constantly coming across Different podcast providers That have the show on it So I've got no idea How many people are listening to this Or what You know just uh, It would be nice to know So if you are following the show And you're enjoying it Let me know through that email Again Hellmouthhotline And uh Yes, if the show sucks, let me know that as well. It's the only way you can um, prove these things is to know you're going wrong with them. So let's get into a little chat about Wes Craven's new nightmare. Alright, so this one here is uh, Freddy Krueger back, but in a, a standalone movie. Uh, it's not in the same continuity, really as the the franchise itself and uh it's an interesting take on the Freddy Krueger character uh in this one. He uh essentially escapes from the the movies into the real world and we have uh Heller Langenkamp back playing herself. In this film, we've got Robert England, of course, as Freddy Krueger. He's actually playing himself in the movie as well. And uh, yes, Wes Craven is in there playing himself. And, you know, there's a ton of people in this movie that pop up that you'll recognize. Uh, John Saxon, who I want to say was played her father in the original movies, uh, turns up as well in it, and it's uh. And I hope I've got that right. Uh, it's an enjoyable movie. I don't think it's in the, the same realm as the original movies. Uh, it has a, a really different feel to it. And of course that's what uh, Wes Craven was going for here. He wanted Freddy Krueger to be more what he originally intended him to be in this movie. Instead of like the comical character that he became... And the franchise, and I did say whenever I was going through the other movies that the further through we got with those films, the more of a, a celebrity status Freddy Krueger actually took on, and they actually play into that heavily in this movie. That close to the start of it, uh, Heller is on a talk show, been interviewed about her career. And she's been asked about, you know, the, the nightmare in Elm Street series and whatnot. And uh at one point they bring out a special guest who is Robert England and like he rips his way onto the set using the glove and he's out there dancing among the the crowd that are in the studio watching. There's people with Freddie masks on, Freddie jumpers on there little plastic gloves and whatnot, and they're all chanting, Freddie, 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 and he's dancing about like he's, you know, a, a rock star that's just crowd-dived, and then audience, it's, it's a uh, sequence in the film that I found quite funny, but in this one, Heller playing herself, of course, she's living in LA, actress, and going about her day-to-day life. She's married to a guy called Chase, and they've got a young son called Dylan. And, of course, she's always been recognised as playing Nancy Thompson from Nightmare on Elm Street, but she's now focusing her career on television. But at the beginning of the film, it opens up with the the standard kind of opening up to a Nightmare on Elm Street series where you see the glove getting built. And, uh, you know... And the, the difference to this one is At the end of the sequence The opening sequence showing the glove getting pulled It's more like if a mechanical glove at this stage And uh, you see the body the, you know, neck down Of who we reckon is Freddy Krueger Which turns out to be a body double uh, Of course it's the It's uh, an opening that's kind of like the onset experience of a new nightmare in Elm Street movie. And at the end of the sequence the 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 arm is set down on the table and he lifts a cleaver and cleaves his hand off and he's going to replace it with the mechanical glove. But uh this turns out to be a nightmare that Nancy's actually having. It was Nancy Heller. <laughs> I keep going for her character's name instead of her actual real name. She's playing herself on the movie. But uh this plays into Nightmare on Elm Street was always very good at blending the lines between reality and the dream world. So there's a lot of that going on in this movie. So much so that I think it actually loses track of itself a few times throughout the the movie. uh, There's a few parts to this movie where you could say huge plot holes but uh Nothing major, but it's just there's something there that you're kind of left thinking, oh, how did that happen? There's a sequence later on in the movie where, in this opening scene, there's two guys that are brutally killed on the set by this glove. that comes to life after the director calls cut on this. The shooting of the opening sequence to a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, and the glove comes to life. It starts killing all around. It takes out two of the workers. Um, later on in the movie, they're actually found dead in real life. And there's a news report talking about the uh, glove that was stolen from the set of the this new Nightmare in Elm Street movie. But we don't disc- really work out who took the glove or did what. But, you know, you're thinking it's Freddy uh, possessing people from the other side. But there's no concrete evidence given to you. Not in my view, anyway. I didn't pick it up. But, uh, you know, again, if you've got a bit of insight into that particular part of the movie, let me know in that email as well. HellmouthHotline, gmail.com But, uh, yes, her husband is in this dream as well. Chase, he gets nicked by the glove, and she wakes up from the dream. And she dismisses it as a crazy notion but she does realise that uh, he is and after she wakes up her husband Chase is sporting a similar cut to what he got and the nightmare that she just had. But uh yes, she quickly dismisses the notion that it was caused by the, the Freddie love. Uh, she receives a call. This happens quite a bit throughout the movie from an obsessed fan who quotes Freddy Krueger's nursery rhyme in an eerie Freddy voice, you know, one, two, Freddy's coming for you. And she's constantly getting this, these letters, in the the post, and uh, it started, stopped, and you know, and as we're coming up towards the end of the movie, it starts to happen again. Um, this coincides of a meeting she has with New Line Cinema who of course put out the, the franchise she's pitched the idea to rep- reprise her role as Nancy and the new Freddy or the new Nightmare movie uh, which she doesn't know at this stage but her husband has been working on uh, she returns home and sees Dylan watching her original film Dylan the Son Nancy interrupts him of course you know it's just a kid she doesn't want him watching horror movies so When she turns it off, he has a severely traumatizing episode where he screams at her, and the frequent calls and Dylan's strange behavior cause her to call Chase, and she's. After the meeting, she discovers where he's been at, what he's been working on, and now that the, the son is starting to act weird, she tells him to come home, and he agrees, to rush home from, Palm Springs. he's going to be driving for a few hours he's been working all day two of the workers didn't turn up which turns out to be the two workers that were killed in the dream at the beginning of the movie that turn up dead later on in the movie Uh, Chase falls asleep while he's driving home and he's slashed by Freddy's claw and dies the claw comes up out of the seat of the chair and you know classic Nightmare on Elm Street style and uh, he gets killed so, uh, his death seems to affect Dylan even further. You know, the kid's just lost his father, for God's sake. Of course it's going to affect him. Uh, which concerns Heller's long-time friend, c- f- former co-star John Saxon, her father from the M- Nightmare on Elm Street series. And he suggests she seeks medical attention for Dylan and herself after she has a nightmare at his funeral in which Freddie tries to take Dylan away. Now, that's a flippin' fantastic sequence where... Fred, she There's earthquakes happening throughout this movie And uh, At one point you start to realise That these Small tremors and quakes Seem to be affecting only her home You know, it's it's been widespread throughout the city But at one point She is starting to be the only one That's experiencing these small tremors It's Freddy trying to claw his way From the The cinema world and the real life, it is is a genius concept for this movie. Uh, But that sequence at the funeral where they're burying her husband, um, a tremor hits the graveyard, the coffin falls into the grave, and she dives to stop it. And We don't realise it at the start, but she gets knocked out for a few seconds. Um, again, blending reality with the the dream world or whatever. You, you just you don't know where you're at from time to time. They're very, very good. From the very first Freddy movie right up to this one, they were very good at blending that line here and there. But she looks down under the grave, uh, or she looks back, and her son has disappeared. And she looks into the grave, and Freddy has come out of a hole in the ground. and He's pulling her son away from her, but she dives under the grave it that's that's a great, great little sequence. And uh yes, um you know it's it's I don't know. There's a lot to like about this movie. There's a lot to not really like about the movie, but uh uh I don't know. <laughs> it's just uh there was something about the, the comic Alfredi that you do start to miss in this movie. The son's health continues to deteriorate He becomes increasingly paranoid about going to sleep Everything that's happening to him is exactly the sort of stuff that would have happened Heller's character, Nancy, and the Freddy movies um, She's starting to think she's going crazy as well Because it turns out her family has a, a history of mental illness Let's just say uh, The kid fears Freddy Krueger Even though Heller has never shown Dylan her films, uh, she visits the nightmare creator, Wes Craven, who admits to having precognitive nightmares. That's how he writes his movies. He writes the movies after. He goes to sleep, has a nightmare, gets up and starts writing again. Uh, The films capture... He tells her uh, in this new script, uh, nightmares... Captured an ancient supernatural entity, and that plays on the old rumors and like you know, for as long as I can remember, Uh, people always said that, you know, horror movies were evil and they contained evil spirits and all that sort of stuff. And you've you've heard that all your life, and like I'm pretty damn sure I'm not surprising anybody by saying that. But uh, I've heard it, loads of times. Uh, particularly about uh, what do you call it, The Exorcist? Like it was always. And there's a lot of rumors and legends about that movie. But you knew the the original copy of the movie been possessed or cursed or whatever, and you know, like bad luck followed. It, you know since the day it was created, and uh, you know you can. Like I'm not even going to try and remember some of the stories I've, I've read about that in particular But you know, there's a lot of stuff If you do a bit of research on it It'll back that up So this concept of this ancient evil spirit Been trapped inside the Nightmare in Elm Street series And it's started to enjoy being Freddy But now that the films are no longer been made The, the movie series can't contain him much longer so he's trying to escape from the movies into the real world Uh, it's great playing that or pulling that sort of thing into this movie as well Uh, The Entity is freed after the film series ended with the release of Freddy's Dead The Final Nightmare Uh, In the guise of Freddy it now focuses its primary focus on Heller as Nancy as killing her Will allow it into the real world, so it's this evil entity is connected to what happened in the Nightmare on Elm Street series, and particularly the first movie, and it was her that took him out, and uh, it can't get into the real world without taking her out in real life. So this uh, version of Freddy, um, I th- there's a friend of mine actually detested this movie because it wasn't Freddy. That was in the movie really It was this new entity In the shape of Freddy But you know it is what it is It's uh, it's a genius idea And uh, you know You know some people just can't be Satisfied with anything really Um, Robert England who portrayed Freddy in the movies Also has a strange knowledge of it Describing the new Freddy to Heller uh, Then disappearing from all contact shortly thereafter he pops up in the movie a couple of times is the last time you see him he is actually painting uh, a, a portrait in his house and he, he tells her he's going to meet up with her the following day but uh, he disappears, we don't see him again for the rest of the movie, it's almost as if Robert England freaks out that uh, this new Freddy is coming after everybody and he he turns the heel and off he goes but uh, the painting that you see, he's painting has this n- demonic uh, vision of Freddy on it, and uh, yes, that's more of a an evil, a more evil Freddy than the one we would have seen in the movies up to this point. Um, where are we at in the notes? After another earthquake, Heller takes a traumatised Dylan to the hospital where uh, Dr. Hefner, suspecting abuse suggests he remain under observation and uh, Heller is running the risk of losing her kid at this point in the movie. It just looks like everything is happening is pointing towards like Heller herself going crazy and taking her son down with her and, uh, you know, it's they're suspecting horror of being a bad parent because everything that he is exhibiting is essentially what they see as a kid freaking out having watched the nightmare in the Elm Street series. Heather returns home for for Dylan's stuffed dinosaur, uh while her babysitter Julie tries to unsuccessfully keep the nurses from sedating the sleep depraved boy. Um Dylan, ...told her earlier on in the movie... ...this stuffed dinosaur... Uh, ...was his protector... ...from this guy... ...at the foot of his bed... ...and... Uh, ...you see that... ...dinosaur having... ...been slashed with the four claws... ...there's different parts in the movie... ...where the hand comes out of the bed again... ...with the claws, tries to come after her... ...so, uh, you know, the... ...the boundaries between... ...reality... And the realm of this entity is at, are starting to get really, really thin at this point. At the hospital, anyway, they manage to give Dylan the injection, makes him fall asleep. And uh, Freddy appears and brutally kills Julie in Dylan's dream. Uh, this is one of these, it's almost like a recreation of the scene in the first movie where the girl got killed in the bedroom, got dragged around um up the walls and across the roof. That's essentially that again. Very, very well done this time. Uh, with the added fact that you actually see Freddie this time, like drag her up the walls. And uh, yes, you know, they recreated a few of the shots from the original movie in here, or variations of it. Um, Julie plays it insanely well. Where she, Particularly the the last scream for help from Dylan before Freddie takes her out, completely. Um, the nurses think putting Dylan to sleep is going to be the answer to helping him out, but uh, not realizing he's he's capable of sleepwalking, and Heller puts that to the head nurse, who has been a complete pain in the ass up to this point. He's like, you can, you idiot, he can sleepwalk. So like, she's told him. ...to try and reassure him that, you know, you're going to be staying in the hospital. We're not far away from home. And points out the window and it's just across the highway. And over there, you know, it's not that far away. You know, we'll get you home soon, but you have to get better. So at this point in the movie, he's freaked out. Freddy's coming for him. He's sleepwalking. He decides to leave the hospital and head home. Uh, Heller chases after him. Across the interstate... As Freddy taunts and dangles him before traffic, we get that uh, giant Freddy in the sky again, and he's using the glove to lift the kid up and down, and like, you know, Mick trucks and cars just barely miss him and whatnot. So that's like an R variation on Dream Warriors, I want to say, was one of the movies we've seen that giant Freddy in the sky. I do believe it was Dream Warriors. If I'm wrong, That's the one in the hospital where he had the guy uh, walking him about like a puppet and dropped him off the roof of the asylum. Um, Where are we at? Yes. Dylan manages to get out of the traffic, gets home, and upon returning home herself, Helen realises that reality starts to overlap with Freddie's make-believe realm. It happens actually in the hospital if you're... Eagle-eyed enough uh, There's a, s- a certain point In the film where Heller actually gets the The grey streak of hair And uh You know what's That's Nancy's signature You know what happened to her in the movie She uh, Got that strand of grey hair And Heller doesn't have this in real life But at one point in the movie This happens So you know it's just Everything w- was in the movies is now starting to happen in real life, and John Saxon turns up, and he wants to help her out, and uh, Heller tells him it was Freddy, Fred Krueger, that uh, is behind everything, and uh, of course he says, "Yeah, sure it is." Uh, quoting. Essentially quoting the lines from the, the original Nightmare in Elm Street movie. And uh, the further on we go, we start to see different things change. And he turns around at one point, his clothes have changed. And uh, he has a badge and a gun, like his character, in A Nightmare in Elm Street. And she starts to realise, oh, we are in serious trouble here. So of course you're waiting for it to happen. As he gets into his car to leave, um, she calls him Daddy, and she turns around, she looks, she's actually wearing pyjamas, like in the original movie. And she turns around towards her house, which now has the appearance of the original Nightmare in Elm Street house from the movies. So she runs in, closes the door, but once in there, she's in the interior of her own house in real life, uh... Where are we at? When Heller embraces Nancy's role, she's like, she's realized now she's going to have to play out the rest of what's happening here, not as herself, but as Nancy Thompson. Uh, Freddie emerges completely into the into reality abducts Dr. Dylan and his world, and Heller finds a trail of Dylan's sleeping pills, which uh, connected up to. Earlier on in the movie, she was reading Hansel and Gretel to Dylan, and uh, how they found their way was with the trail of breadcrumbs. So he's left a trail of sleeping pills leading Nancy to where Freddy's took him, or this version of Freddy. And of course, this connects up again to earlier on in the movie where he says there's somebody trying to get to him from the bottom of his bed. So as she's Lifting the sleeping pills She starts to realise You've actually given me a way to Join you So it was like In the movies In the movie series There was the The ability that they had To actually just Will themselves into the dreams From time to time But of course Heather's like This is real life That sort of stuff doesn't happen So she takes the pills To put herself to sleep And she discovers this Doorway Essentially At the foot of the bed That takes her into the realm or Freddie, has her kid. Um, she ends up in, like, a, the boiler room. Freddie's signature boiler room, essentially. Freddie fights off. Heller uh, chases down into a furnace. Uh, the, the sequence here at the end was nice after the the final sequence of Freddie's dead. I, I thought... After the set pieces that we had in the earlier movies, the, the final confrontation and Freddy's Dead was, you know, a bit of a letdown as far as, like, the the setting of it went. It was basically just a, a room they were in, but this one here is, like, a f- flat-out full over-the-top nightmare scenario they're in, and uh Dylan trying to get away from Freddy inside this furnace. Um uh, we get the extendable arm from Freddy again I haven't seen that I believe since the, the first movie um, And there's a point where he gets hold of the kid And he's like I'm going to eat you up And of course as he opens his mouth And his mouth gets wider and wider and wider And he's like going to pull Dylan in and actually eat him The kid playing in this movie is brilliant And the scream that he puts out at this final part in the movie where Freddy's almost got him... ...is insane. So believable. Uh, but Nancy manages to stab Freddy in the nuts, I do believe. And uh, Dylan escapes from the furnace, doubles back to Heller, ...and together they push Freddy into the furnace and light it up... ...destroying both the monster and its reality. Which is they, they take out this version of Freddy... And I say this version of Freddy because again, it's that big a departure from the Freddy that we all knew from the movies. It's almost as if there's a bit of a disconnect between this Freddy and the one that we knew up to this point. Huge disconnect. But it's essentially the the way the witch gets taken out and the the uh, the story that Heller was telling. The kid, Hansel and Gretel, earlier on in the movie, they they the, manage to trick the witch into the oven and kill her that way. So Freddy gets taken out the exact same way at the end of this movie. Um, as the, the monster and its reality are destroyed, Dull and Heller emerge from under the blankets. Uh, Heller finds a copy of the film's events and a screenplay at the foot of the bed. And you see that a couple of times towards the end of it. This script is almost as if uh, it's been written as it's happening. Or everything that happens is because of what has been written in the script by Wes Craven. It's, uh, it's weird. And how the hell the script got there at the end of the movie? I've got no clue. Um, inside the cover of the script, it's written, Thanks from Wes for defeating Freddy and playing Nancy one last time. Uh, the Victory helped imprison the Entity of the film franchise uh, back in the... What she he did here, re-imprisoned the Entity back into the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise again. Freddy's back where he belongs, essentially. And Dylan asks her, is it a story? And just before he asks, is it a story you see on screen, the script page, final page of the script, uh, and the kids... As it a story And she's like Yeah it's a story And the film finishes With her opening up the script And uh, starting to read The script To the kid And uh, that's it The movie closes out there It is That's worth watching <laughs> Don't get me wrong Just As I say uh, the, the original movies Were so so good They had their High moments And low moments And this one here I do believe was probably the poorest received of all of them. Uh, It was released October 14th, 1994, grossing 19.8 million at the box office on a budget of 8 million, so... You know, it was... it made money, but it was also the poorest performing film in the Nightmare series. However, it received positive reviews from critics, and it was followed by... 2003's Freddy versus Jason, a crossover of the Freddy, the Freddy, <laughs> I was going to say the, the Freddy the 13th, it was a crossover of Freddy Friday the 13th uh, set in the same continuity as the other Nightmare movies, so this one here is fully standalone, so I think we're going to do, I think we're going to jump into continuing on in the, the series here, of course we're going to be doing Buffy as well. But uh, before we do Freddy vs Jason, I think we're going to go back and we're going to do the the Freddy the Thirteenth franchise on the lead up to that movie, and then we'll do the crossover between the two. Because I was never majorly big into Freddy the Thirteenth. Uh, I do like I understand the concept of everything that goes on in them, but I don't think I've actually properly watched one from beginning to end. But I do remember at one point, and correct me if I'm wrong, again, email, com. I do believe there's one of the movies in the Friday the 13th series where at the end of it, uh, the mask is lying on the ground And uh, Freddy's glove comes up out of the, the ground and pulls the mask into hell, essentially I do believe I've seen that I've got a memory of that anyway, whether it is actually something that was on screen or something that just made up in my own dome. I've no idea, so let me know if I'm right or wrong on that there. But this is not a the best movie by any stretch of the imagination, but I do believe having well, before we do the Friday the thirteenth series we should really do the the remake to a nightmare on Elm Street, which is probably well by far the worst of the lot, I think. Um I do believe it took a couple of viewings for me to actually get through that movie and of course it didn't have Robert England and it. it had the, the character of Freddy recast, which was a mistake, essentially. Like who the hell else is gonna play Freddy Krueger other than Robert England? It's just one of those characters that just should never have been recast. So we'll probably do that in the next movie review on here. But uh, we're going to be doing Buffy in between then as well. Once again, I'm sorry for the, the delay and the messing about here of promising one schedule and not keeping up with it. We're going to try our hardest to get back into some way of going. So... That's going to do it for this podcast, guys. I hope you did indeed enjoy it. And uh, until the next one, stay safe and take care of yourselves. This has been a production of Age Media. Thank you so much for listening.